0: Yeah, love it. that uh by the way that was uh, Maisie Peters. peter session she did a uh deezer 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 uh she's done a de- <laughs> she did a deezer live uh session uh about a week or two ago um and it's on youtube just search Maisie peter's don't you forget about me deezer 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 um <laughs> uh um yeah deezer live session on youtube if you want to watch the full video um it's a great video, actually. It's just uh, Macy Peters just singing. And obviously you see a band playing the guitar and playing the piano and all of that jazz. Um, yeah, so there we go. Um, I only recently came across her, by the way. Um, so I thought I'd play you that. And also as well, there's another one that I want to play. I wonder if I could play it. Actually, should we play the acoustic version or should we play the... Um... No, let's play this one. I, I, no, I don't want adverts. No, I didn't want advert. No, this this podcast is not sponsored by any adverts at all. Here we go. I love this song, by the way. Such a catchy tune. me psycho. God, I love that. God, I love it. Call me psycho. Call me psycho. Oh man, what a tune! What a tune watching and there is one more as well um called john hughes movie i like this one as well actually i'm gonna i'm gonna skip it a little bit no, oh, hang on Oh love it gotta love it anyway that's me Maisie Peters right there uh yeah. And her debut album, You Signed Up For This, is available to listen to on Apple podcast uh, No, Apple Music, sorry, not Apple Podcasts. Apple Music uh, and Amazon Music, as well as Spotify Music. And hey, you can even listen to her on Deezer, 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 Deezer. Um, so yeah, there we go. Anyway, welcome to Weekly Podcast Episode 51. <laughs> steve's weekly podcast this ain't no john hughes movie oh man what a tune i love that tune anyway hello everyone welcome uh to weekly podcast episode 51 51 um so by the way, if May- Maisie Peters, if you're listening to this podcast, which I don't know if you would be or not, you know, because you're you're too busy now getting famous. Actually, I uh, followed her on Instagram uh, earlier this week, actually, and um, the first post I came across was her performing on what was it? J- uh, was that Jimmy, uh, whatever his name, Jimmy Kimmel? I think his name is Jimmy. Is it Jimmy Kimmel? Um, I'll have a look. But um, yeah, she was um, she was there. Um, she was in America, in America. Um, and yeah, she was um performing on stage. Um, actually, shall I play? Shall I play the the little piece that she done? Was it Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, it was Jimmy Kimmel. Here we go. Um, let me... hold on, because I need to, I need to do this. Here we go. Yeah, you're so crazy, baby. Who has two phones? One for her and one to still. Call me psycho? psycho. Now that I'm over that hill, you wanna say how you feel? Crazy to think that you still. Call me psycho. psycho. You wanna talk? No, I kill. Heard I'm a darn babe, that's real. And you've got a girl up, you still. Call me psycho. psycho. Oh, there we are. Um yeah, so she performed on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, the other night in America, in America, in the U.S. of A. Um, and yeah, so there we go. So look, she's too busy now. She's too busy. She is a UK artist, by the way. Um, she is a UK artist. I, I, did, I, I saw because I was like, you know what? Because, well, first of all, my, my, when I first saw her, I was like, mm, okay, she seems very young. How young is she? I found out she's actually 21, 21 and she's already got a debut album out. That's that's in, that's crazy isn't it although i think there's been younger artists that have had like uh debut albums out way much younger than than twenty one but still twenty one such a young age to have a have a debut album out honestly but there we go um i believe she's i don't know i can't remember it i think it was like when it like west Sussex i think she's originally from. There's like a Wikipedia. Of course there is. There's a Wikipedia for her um, online. So, uh, yeah, go go check it out. Go go check it out anyway. Uh, and check out her music, like I said at the beginning of the podcast. It's available to listen to on Apple Music um, and Amazon Music as well as Spotify. And let's not forget Deezer, Deezer, Deezer um anyway i don't know why i call it deezer 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 you know it's just one deezer so there we go uh <laughs> so yeah deezer 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 geezer anyway <laughs> deezer geezer um <laughs> oh my god anyway deezer geezer um uh, <laughs> So yeah, that's the new hashtag. That that's it. That is a new hashtag uh, for the for the streaming um music streaming service that is Deezer. Hashtag Deezer Geezer. There we go. <laughs> Hello everybody, my name is Steve and I am a Deezer Geezer. Um there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god. Oh anyway. Ah, anyway. Uh so <laughs> I just thought I'd start off the podcast with a little bit of Maisie Peters because honestly, I'm I'm just now ob- I'm just obsessed with listening to her music. So I just find it really good, you know. Um I really do. It's up there with like Taylor Swift. It is up there with Taylor Swift, I can assure you that. Um so yeah, honestly. Really, really good artist. Um and yeah, seems like a very lovely person as well. Anyway, there we go. If she's listening to the podcast, uh, hello Maisie Peters, um, and feel free to jo- feel free to join this podcast at some point. Yeah, let's get you on. Um, I don't, I don't know if that would ever happen, but yeah, we, we never know, do you? With a podcast, you just never know. Um, anyway. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. I'll, I'll speak to my guys. You know they can speak to her guys, and yeah, we can, we can arrange something. I'm sure. Um. Anyway, so a very good hello to everyone listening to this weekly podcast, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, or it's somewhere in between. Um. Welcome to the weekly podcast. It's episode fifty-one. It's a bit delayed this week because. It's where I've had a week off work and, you know, things just go a bit all right. Um, you know, like the, the scheduling just goes out the window. I get busy doing other things. So my usual weekday schedule of recording the podcast and doing this and doing that is just all over the place. So, there we go. So, if you're listening to this in real time, it is Sunday the 12th of September, um, by the time I get this podcast out. Uh, but if you're listening after, then, well, whatever day it is, hello. Um, it could be Monday, it could be Tuesday, it could be Wednesday, it could be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, who knows. Um, so, yeah. So, hello, and welcome to Weekly Podcast Episode 51. Now... Uh, Lots is coming up in this week's podcast. I've got the sun in my face, so I'm just going to, like, shut my curtain too. Is that better? Can I not? Yeah? Okay, there we go. I'm like a vampire, you see. Um, You know, as soon as I see one bit of sun... No! It's burning me! Um, yeah. Please, no! No! It burns! It burns! Anyway, I'm like a vampire. Um... So, yeah, so anyway, I have got a lot to talk about in this week's podcast. I've got literally so much to talk about. Um, So I've got a review for Malignant uh, coming up very, very shortly. I have also got a review for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings as well. I've also got my... I'm going to give you my thoughts on Don't Breathe and Don't Breathe 2, which are movies that actually I finally watched Don't Breathe 2 this week and also as well. I watched Don't Breathe as well. Um, They're horror movies and there is definitely one that I definitely do prefer than the other one. I will tell you more about that a little bit later on in the weekly podcast And also as well, I'm going to bring you up to date with a couple of bits of news from the world of Netflix and also from Disney Plus as well. So I've got so much to talk you through and I'm also going to talk about the PlayStation Showcase which took place on Thursday this past week as well. Um, So I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well because that needs to be covered and while i think of it actually i haven't actually got and because i do know some of the things that did get announced during the event um but i haven't actually got uh all of the uh, uh details up on my screen uh, which is great isn't it because well you would have thought that yeah we we i would have got that up but no clearly not should we should I just go by a BBC news article? Uh, is it going to like give me all the details or not really? No, I mean that's basically a... what we learned. What did we learn from this? From this thing? Um, oh, here we go. This might be better. We'll do a. We'll read an article from Eurogamer. Uh, yeah, there we go. Um, so I'm sure. Yeah. Well, it's just. Okay, I mean, it, it basically just goes, well, this is what we got. So we got this, here's a trailer. We got this as well, here's another trailer. We also got this as well, and again, this is another trailer. Um, Yeah, I, no, I want, like, details as well, because I would rather give a little... Oh, I don't want the live blog. At this time, uh, this was announced, and here's some details of what was announced during this time. Um, no, I don't want that neither. Okay. <laughs> so far. Uh, so far. Here are all the new... Uh, I don't want the game trailers. This is a podcast, for goodness sake. Yeah, I'm not just going to put, like, my phone up against the microphone and just go, right, okay, guys, uh, listen to this trailer. Even though you can't see it, but I will... I'll have to visualise it for you. Um, are we... Okay, this might be better. Is this IGN? Okay, this is IGN, and IGN I can kind of trust uh, a little bit. There we go. Right, anyway, I'm, I'm all I'm all good. I'm all ready to go now, okay? Um, now, I'm going to start off this podcast, actually, with a little bit of an announcement um, because earlier this week, Apple have released their press invites. Well, I say press invites they're not so much press invites anymore because since the pandemic, obviously, no press has been able to go to their Apple events that they've been doing in San Diego or California or wherever you want wherever they want to do them. So, you know, obviously, instead, they've been watching them, like all of us, at home on a streaming site like maybe Twitch or YouTube or wherever that's being broadcasted from. But... Um, Apple have sent out invites to press uh, to announce their next big Apple event. Now, their next big Apple event is going to be taking place on Tuesday this week. That's the 14th of September. And the Apple event is also going to be on um, from 6 p.m. UK time. Um, I don't know when it ends. It could be around about half past 7 maybe eight o'clock if it's roughly around about an hour and a half to two hours long but uh, they are set to announce the next iPhone iteration which is iPhone 13 um, and they may have some other new hardware that they want to announce and obviously uh, get out there. Now as always the case with the weekly podcast, my next weekly podcast episode, which will be episode 52, uh, is going to be available on Wednesday evening this week, um, and uh, at 6pm UK time you can catch that on Spotify Music, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcast. and in that episode I will talk about everything that was announced during that Apple event, and I'll also give you my thoughts and opinions on some of the things that were announced as well at that event. So if that's something that really does interest you um, and you want a little, like, catch-up speed in terms of what was announced at the event and what wasn't announced at the event, then I'm your man. I'm your man on on, uh, Wednesday uh, night, uh, Wednesday the 15th of September definitely going to be your man or if you're listening to this later on and you're just binging through my podcasts then it'll be in the next episode and you might not have a long wait to wait although you might because this podcast is going to seemingly be quite a long one this week um, but, um, but yeah so I'm quite excited to see what Apple have got up their sleeves uh, this time. Uh, Especially for this new iteration of the iPhone as well, the iPhone 13. I have seen a lot of rumours online about uh, the iPhone 13 and what it may or may not have. Um, So, I'm really looking forward to it. Now, the other thing is, is although Apple are set to announce the iPhone 13 at this uh, next Apple event on September 14th, but... Apparently, um, an Apple insider, John Prosser, has actually come across some leaks um, from Apple, which seem to showcase what the iPhone 14 will look like. Now, obviously, the iPhone 14 is around about a year away. So, you know, at this point, things could change. But if you look... At the designs, at the leak designs of the iPhone 14, you'll notice that it hasn't got no notch on the top of the phone of the handheld device. So, which obviously is where it normally houses like the camera, etc. etc. Instead, for the iPhone 14, Apple have gone for the pinhole camera look uh that you can actually normally find on most android devices now uh so there's no notch um on the top of the screen now so it is pretty much the iPhone 14 is looking likely uh to be an all um all screen display um with yeah that sort of design look so um, yeah, so it's 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 going to be good, I think. I think it's going to be good that, you know, they're going to do that. Um, it's a shame that they might not do that for the iPhone 13, but you just never know. Um, I haven't really seen many, like, leaks, like, picture leaks for the iPhone 13. I do wonder, actually, if I just get another tab up. I'm going to search iPhone 13... Um, picture leaks, and see if any leaks of the iPhone 13 have actually made its way online, because normally it does, before, um, the... Yeah. Okay, well, this one was on the 6th of July. This is via Metro. Um, leaked images of iPhone 13 uh, show what Apple's next gadget may look like. Um... But I mean, okay. There's one design, and this is by this is by a Chinese social media site called Weibo. Um, they showed off the photos. Now, there's one iPhone which I'm gonna have to describe because it's a podcast. So there's one iPhone that's in a really dark blue, right? And I'm not gonna lie, but it looks to me like as if the iPhone 13 is gonna have like a backlight on it where the Apple logo is. I don't know because on the dark blue iPhone that I'm looking like that I'm looking at right here, the Apple logo is in white. Now, I don't know whether or not that could be a light or it could just be the case of well we tried to put the gray apple logo on this blue iphone and it just didn't look nice so we changed the color to white it could be that but on the back of this blue iphone that i'm looking at they've got two cameras one in the upper left hand corner of the phone and one in the lower right hand corner of the phone and to be honest with you It looks absolutely ugly. It really does look ugly. I don't like it. Um, So I would much prefer it to have like two. Okay, I'd I'd much prefer to have one camera above the other, either that way, or just add another camera in the other corner where it's missing one because it just looks weird. Um, It really does. It really does look weird. Um, So, I mean, let me have a look what it says here. A series of images reportedly showing dummy units of the new gadget are being shared on Chinese social media site Weibo. They show two white iPhone models with Apple's new squared-off design and the classic logo on the back, while the larger of the two phones appears very similar to the iPhone 12 Pro, The smaller has a different camera array than the iPhone 12, Naturally, many gadget fans on the internet believe this is our first look at the iPhone 13 and iPhone 13 Pro. Eagle-eyed fans reckon the slightly larger camera bump houses the diagonal layout, a 2.5x telephoto zoom, and an upgrade to the super wide angle lens. Uh, elsewhere, Mac rumours is reporting the iPhone 13's camera will have a f one point eight aperture lower than the current F. 2.4 on the iPhone 12. That's really low. Meanwhile, a photo of the front of the device shows a slimmed down notch a persistent rumor surrounding the new iPhone models. Other than that, there's not much to go on. Um, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we have to take all this with um, a pinch of salt as well. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens with the iPhone 13. But as I said uh, earlier in the podcast, you know, I will bring you all the details that comes out from the Apple event uh, on Wednesday this week. Um, literally, I will get that podcast. Um, if I don't record the podcast as soon as the Apple event is over, then I will do it. I will definitely be doing it Wednesday when I finish work. Um, because, obviously, I've got to get it out. got to get it out there, haven't I? Really, I've got to get it out there. Um, so, yeah, so that's just a little uh, look at the iPhone 13. Whether or not that's actually going to be the real look at the iPhone 13. Besides, this was posted way back in July. So, you know, in the space of two months... Things have changed. You know, the designs may have changed. They might have looked at that camera, those two diagonal-looking cameras, and just gone, I don't like that design. Get rid of it. You know, and let's change it up a little bit. But yeah, because I really don't like it at all. Um, but there we go. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so that's the iPhone 13 anyway, and as I say, new podcast, uh, episode 52 will be out on... Uh, On Wednesday this week, Wednesday the 15th of September, Uh, you can listen to it, Spotify Music, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, of course. Uh, And I'll give you my thoughts on all the devices announced as well. I I do wonder whether they're going to announce another MacBook, Uh, because last year they announced the MacBook Pro and MacBook Air with the M1 chip. Now, ever since then, we've seen the iMac get the M1 chip, which is actually the iMac that I'm using right now to record the podcast from. Um, so, obviously, there's now talk of like there being an M1X chip um, or an M2 chip. Um, you know, and obviously these chips are going to get more powerful. The more uh, the more upgraded they become, so, you know, in roughly around about, I don't know, five, maybe seven years time, when my iMac ends up becoming obsolete, um, you know, and I can't update it anymore, yeah, obviously, at that point, I'll be like, right, okay, I'm gonna get the new iMac, whatever generation it is, and, you know, whatever, um, processing chip is inside it as well you know like it could have the m4 chip at that rate or m5 you know it could have that sort of chip and that might be the most powerfulest chip that's been in an iMac ever um at that point and also as well technology would come a long way at that point as well in around about five or, or, or six years time so yeah, um, there's also that to take into consideration. Um, so, yeah, so I do wonder if MacBook Pro or MacBook Air are going to get a mention in this Apple event. I don't know. Um, I don't think the iMac will. I think they're going to leave the iMac. If they do an M1X chip for the MacBook Pro and MacBook Air, chances are they're probably going to put the M1X chip in the iMac next year. Um and then, obviously, they'll probably start rolling out the M1X-chipped iMacs. Um, probably around about the same time as they did with the M1 IMAX this year. Probably in spring uh, next year. So, so, yeah. But I've also heard a rumour as well that there's meant to be two Apple events this month. I heard a rumour that there is going to be. So, whether or not we're going to be seeing, like, the iPhone 13 and the Apple Watch in this one. And then later this month we then get another apple event which might look at like the ipad minis or something like that because there is rumors uh, circulating online that there's going to be a redesigned Ima- uh, ipad mini as well so you know whether or not we're going to be getting two apple events this month i mean that'd be good that'd be good I-, I feel like we would be spoiled at that point but at the same time i do think that you know, it'll be good. It'll be good to have two Apple events because then it kind of spaces out those products, you know. Um, and also as well, they might have done it that way because maybe COVID might have affected their production and obviously their announcements leading into these events. So obviously, before they make the announcements, they got to make sure that their production line has got a certain amount of... Um, of units, uh, in terms of like, you know, the iPhone, the iPad, the mm-hmm. Apple watch, whatever. Um, so yeah, so we'll have to just see what happens with it really. But, um, I am looking forward, uh, to seeing what happens with the Apple event on Tuesday and obviously giving you guys my thoughts on it, uh, l- later this week. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but anyway, we are going to move on. Uh, from that. So, I am going to talk about the movie review uh, side of things, um, because I feel like I should. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, I'm going to start with that, because I watched that on Friday the 3rd of September, right, which was unbelievably, that was a week ago. Um, now, this is, I'm going to say it, this is by far the my most favourite Marvel movie that I have watched so far and that's putting that up there with Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame now can I just say that that could change you know right now Shang-Chi is up there with Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War for me but that could change later this year Um, you know with Spider-Man No Way Home and then obviously next year we're getting Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness so that that could change. It it really could change. But you know, so far, I mean, I liked Black Widow when that came out um, in the cinemas earlier this year. I really did like that movie. But you know, it, the fact that Shang Chi came out, mm-hmm. and yeah, I knew I didn't really know much about the character. Didn't know much about the Ten Rings neither. And it did get explained in the movie, which I liked. And also as well, what I liked about it was um, was the fact that, you know, it had this, like, comical humour in it as well. Um, that's what I also liked about it, was it had this comical humour in it um, all throughout the movie, you know. And just the on-screen chemistry between the two main characters, uh, Shang-Chi and his best friend Katie, you know, It was just so nice to see. It really, really was nice to see. Um, You know, I'm not going to spoil it because just in case there are people out there who have not yet seen the movie, even though it's been out for the last week now. But uh, there is two post-credit scenes. Now, I'm going to say that the last post-credit scene, which is right at the very end of, um, of the movie, once all the credits have rolled... It's not really that important to watch, but if you want to watch it, then feel free to. Feel free to watch it. But the post credit scene that's like in the mid credit Okay, the mid credit scene is quite important because all I'm going to say is the Ten Rings have got something to do with the multiverse. <clears throat> and I'm also going to say that there is two... Familiar faces that pop up in the mid credit scene, which you do not want to miss. Um, Now, whether or not this now sets up Eternals, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I really don't know. It could do, I mean, the Ten Rings could have something to do with the Eternals. It might not. Um, But that is going to be our next movie that we're going to be seeing in November as a Marvel fan. Uh, we're going to be seeing that in November in cinemas. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I really am looking forward to seeing it. So, um, we, yeah, it'll be good. I think it will be really, really good. Um, but there is still more movies from Marvel that is coming out. over the ne- I'm going to say over the next six months, which I'm looking forward to. Obviously, Spider-Man No Way Home is definitely one of them. And Doctor Strange, Multiverse and Madness. Now, can I just add that I saw this uh, tweet, actually, uh, recently on Twitter. Actually, you know what? It's just easier. Rather than every time me l- unlocking my phone, I should just, like, literally open a tab. Oh, look, Twitter is literally in my favourites. Um, so, uh, what I will do... Let me go onto my profile, because it's here. Because I only recently saw it. Um, so... And I've done so many tweets, which is unbelievable. Um, so, Benedict Cumberbatch has teased that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness will challenge Spider-Man No Way Home as the most ambitious standalone superhero film ever made. So, you know... Now, I, um, gave my thoughts on this on Twitter recently. Um, and I just said, Wait... Wait. I think a lot of Marvel movies will be going up against themselves in phase four. More specifically, Spider Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania being the ambitious ones. I do think that. I do think that. So, you know, and I know that obviously, you know, Dot Strange Multiverse of Madness has got uh, Sam Raimi, who uh, directed the original early 2000s uh, Spider-Man movies. Uh, he's on board directing this movie. But we have also got the fact that this movie, Dot Strange Multiverse uh, in the Multiverse of Madness, has also got... Um, has also got some horror elements to the movie as well, which I'm really looking forward to seeing because I'd love to know just how dark are Marvel going to take the multiverse? You know, how dark are they really going to take the multiverse? Um, You know, now, I don't think they can take it really, really dark because obviously, you know... If, like, a kid wanted to go and see Dot Strange Multiverse of Madness, well, they've got to take that into consideration, of course. But, you know, for someone like me, an adult, who likes superhero movies, Marvel more specifically, you know, it does make you wonder. And obviously, Marvel are quite light when it comes to, like, all these dark scenes. They, they don't really go really into it. But... With Multiverse of Madness, maybe that might change. I don't know. But, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing Multiverse of Madness, and I'm looking forward to seeing No Way Home. But at the moment, though, going back to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, you know, this is by far my most favourite Marvel movie of all time. Really can't wait to watch this again um, on Disney+, Plus when it eventually arrives on Disney+. Plus. Um... Over the next couple of months. But it is definitely worth seeing. Over and over and over again. If you really did like that movie. Um, The other thing is as well. Is I was a little bit sceptical. About seeing the movie. Because obviously. I thought of this as like. A martial arts movie. Um, I did. I thought of this as like a martial arts movie. Because the trailer kind of gave off. Martial arts vibes. But you know. At first you know, I was a little bit sceptical about seeing this movie, but I'm so glad that I did actually go and see the movie, because if I didn't, then I wouldn't be sitting here saying that, you know, this is by far my most favourite Marvel movie of all time at the moment. Um, And so, yeah, and obviously there are more Marvel movies to come, of course, um, over the next few years or so. So, yeah, right now, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is my, by far, favourite Marvel movie of, of all time. But we'll see how how long that lasts. Uh, we will. We'll see how long that lasts, because that might not last long, depending how good uh, No Way Home is, and depending how good In the Multiverse of Madness is as well. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, for now... Definitely do recommend it if you are a Marvel fan. Definitely get yourself to the cinemas um, in a safe way, of course, and um, yeah, and go check the movie out because honestly, it is really, really good. Um, and I did love the action scenes in it, you know, and some of the some of the um, some of the imaginations as well, you know, in that movie. It's it's just brilliant. It's brilliant, brilliantly done. It really is. Um, Anyway, so, that's my thoughts on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, I have also watched this week Don't Breathe and Don't Breathe 2. Now, these movies I actually managed to watch at home on my iPad. Um, Now, out of the two movies... I'm going to say that my favourite one out of both was Don't Breathe 2. Now, funnily enough, Don't Breathe 2 was actually out in cinemas a few weeks ago, and I wanted to see it in cinemas, but never got the chance to, because by the time I was thinking about going to see it, the movie was coming out at the cinemas, which really frustrated me, to be honest, but I'm glad that I was able to catch it at home instead. So... I watched this at home, and out of the two movies, I do prefer "Don't Breathe" too. Reason being is because I feel like the story is a lot better uh, than the first one. I really do. Um, so I I do prefer the fir- I do prefer the second one to the first one because the storyline the plotline is a lot better. It was a lot more intense as well, which I liked. Um, so yeah, and I just don't think really the first one really gave me those intensity vibes uh, that much uh, compared to the second one so you know and also as well the funny funny thing is is before I wanted to see Don't Breathe 2 in the cinemas I was actually going to sit down and watch the first movie because interestingly I thought that both of the movies would have been connected in some way but they're not. So, even if you haven't seen the first movie and you wanted to just watch the second movie instead, you're more than you're more than welcome to do that because they're not connected in any way. They both tell a different story. It's just obviously uh, the blind man that we see in the first movie uh, features in the second movie as well. Um, So, and also as well, what I liked was the fact that, you know, they also had, um, they also had a lot of uh, twists and turns um, in the movie as well. There was one recognisable face as well uh, in the movie who I recognised. He played a character briefly on uh, EastEnders earlier this year uh, the actor was called Adam Young. He played an actor. Uh, he played a character called Stas uh, from EastEnders. The only reason why I recognised him was I was like, this guy, one of these guys, one of the bad guys here, is really familiar, and I really couldn't put my finger on where I recognised him from. So I looked while whilst watching the movie. I looked at the casting, and. Obviously, his name popped up. His, The actor's name popped up. Adam Young. And I looked at his, um, his, like, previous work. And then, obviously, it said EastEnders. And then it came up with the character name he played in EastEnders earlier this year. And I was like, so that's where I recognise him. I knew I recognised him from somewhere. And, yeah, it was EastEnders. So... Um, so, yeah, there was a couple of recognisable faces in it as well, so which is good. Um, but, yeah, so I definitely do recommend watching Don't Breathe 2 over Don't Breathe. Um, but, I mean, if you f- want to watch both of those movies, feel free to. Um, but, yeah, in, all, in my honest opinion, though, I do prefer uh, Don't Breathe 2 to the original uh, Don't Breathe movie that came out in 2016. So, um, yeah, so... Um, I definitely uh, did enjoy those movies in some form or or another. Um, more so, don't breathe too than than don't breathe. But you know, don't breathe was still a good movie. I would say you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put a dampener on don't breathe because it was still a good movie. But just in my personal choice. I definitely prefer uh, Don't Breathe 2 to the original Don't Breathe movie. So, um, yeah, so I watched that this week, uh, which was good. Um, And then the other movie that I saw this week was uh, Malignant. Now, I watched this movie in the cinemas, and this is a a movie directed by James Wan, who's uh, better known for his work from the Saw franchise, from the Insidious franchise, And also from the Conjuring franchise as well. So he's really well known for doing some really good horror movies. And I'll tell you what. This horror movie that I watched earlier this week. Does not disappoint neither. Honestly it is a fantastic movie. Definitely one that I would definitely recommend for horror fans out there. Um, You know. And it was a little bit frightening. I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit frightening. But uh, I really did enjoy Malignant, though. And I would probably say that this would definitely be worth a second watch uh, again. And whether that's watching it at home uh, when it gets released eventually on digital download at home or going to the cinema once again to go and see it again for a second time round, then, you know, I would definitely say that, yeah, this this is definitely going to be... Um, a movie which, you know, you you would leave the cinema or you would leave your living room and you won't forget it quite easily, honestly. I mean, even as I'm talking about the movie now, I'm still having those images processing through my brain right now of what I saw on screen when I went to see the movie uh, earlier this week. So it is a really, really good movie. Um And I love the plot as well. The plot was amazing in it. Um Yeah. It was a fantastic movie, and actually, when I did I did a rating uh, for this movie on my social media pages earlier this week. I actually gave it a five star a re- uh, five star rating because it was just it was just amazing, amazing work by an amazing director who really knows how to try and terrify the audiences who are watching these movies in cinemas. Um, yeah, he's done it many a time with. The Saw franchise, Insidious franchise, and um, and the Conjuring franchise. So, obviously, this is no different. And I also think, as well, in some form, he has kind of left it on an open end, uh, this movie. So, you know, that kind of opens it up for there to potentially be a sequel someday, um, which I wouldn't mind seeing. I really wouldn't mind seeing. If there was, like, ideas uh, behind a sequel, then... I I would definitely be down for watching it because you know I'd love to see where this story goes next um so but yeah in all seriousness though uh really really good movie and I definitely do recommend that you go and see it uh in cinemas uh for sure so uh there is a lot of blood and a lot of gore in it as well um and quite a few action scenes as well, which I like. I love how they uh, choreographed the uh, action scenes in this movie as well. It was really, really well done. Um, And the the acting was pretty good as well. So, although I I read, to be honest, I did read some reviews on Twitter uh, because the um, malignant hashtag was actually trending on Twitter. Some of the people were, like, saying the acting was all over the place etc cetera, etc cetera, and i'm like did we actually see the same movie or did we go and see a different movie cuz from my point of view i thought the acting was pretty good um yeah and the way that they did the fighting scenes was also really awesome as well so yeah it did make me think did we see the same movie or did we not you know um so yeah so there we go but, um but no in all seriousness uh, in all seriousness i did enjoy uh seeing malignant in cinemas now the funny thing is is i've just realized that for for now um you know obviously this podcast goes out on the 12th of september now i have not really got many more movies coming out in cinemas now until well okay I'm actually debating I'm actually debating about going to see James Bond's No Time to Die. Right? Because this is Daniel Craig's last outing as James Bond. Uh it's got Rumi Malik in it as well, um, who I know very well for playing a role in Mr. Robot, the Amazon original series, um and also for playing uh Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, so I'd love to see him play a villain in a movie. And I I think, you know, James Bond's No Time to Die would be a perfect one to see him uh, play a villain in. So I am debating about seeing the James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Um, now, the funny thing is, is actually that movie has actually got an official runtime ...of 2 hours and 43 minutes... ...which makes it the longest James Bond movie in its history... ...um... ...so yeah, it is quite a long movie to be honest... ...um... ...it's near on Avengers Endgame level... ...where it got, you know... ...a near on 3 hour... ...um... ...running time... ...but um... ...but you know what... ...I think I might go and see it... ...and then obviously I can give you my thoughts on it... ...obviously there's going to be a lot of action in it... ...um... You know, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with James Bond and where the story goes next after Daniel Craig has, you know, hung up his uh, license to kill. I guess. Um, so yeah, I might go and see it, and then I'll give you my thoughts on it uh, in a couple of weeks' time on the week on the weekly podcast, um, and whether or not it is worth going to see uh, for yourself. But. Other than that, though, the next movie that I will be seeing at the cinemas is either going to be Venom Let There Be Carnage or Halloween Kills. Now, here in the UK, uh, both of those movies are set to be released in UK cinemas on the 15th of October. However, over in the US this week, uh, it was announced that Venom Let There Be Carnage had actually been pushed forward by a couple of weeks, and it's going to be released in US cinemas um, on the 1st of October, so you're pretty lucky if you live in the States um, because you get to see Venom Let There Be Carnage before us Brits do here in the UK, so you're very lucky to see that. Um, But, yeah, in all seriousness, though, I'm... So, yeah, so that's... So if I don't go and see James Bond No Time To Die... Then I'm pretty much not going to be going to the cinema for an entire month now, unless there is a movie in the cinemas that I really want to go and see again. You know that I think deserves a second viewing or maybe a third viewing or, or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm, so I'm go- I'm going to see. Let's see what happens about that. But uh, oh, excuse me. Oh, yawning away um but yeah so we'll we'll see we'll see um anyway uh actually speaking of um actually no we'll do it shortly uh, i'm gonna come back to the movies uh, side of things because obviously i've got some other things that i want to talk about um as well on the weekly podcast and i just want to kind of break it up a little bit okay um also as well coming up in the weekly podcast i'm going to talk to you about just beyond which is a disney plus series uh coming in october so i'm going to tell you about that uh very very shortly as well because uh the descriptions for all eight episodes have been released by disney um as as the series uh will be dropping on disney plus uh on october 13th Uh, October 13th so I will give you my thoughts uh, on that series as soon as I've watched all eight episodes which I'm planning to watch one episode a week because I just don't I don't know I just don't like the fact that Disney do that now you know there's certain shows where they release the episodes once a week and there's certain shows where they release all the episodes all at once Diary of a Future President series 2 is one of them obviously just beyond is another one um and then you've got a show like behind the attraction where they drop the first half of the series one week and then the second half of the series they drop that a couple of weeks later so i really don't like the way they've done it so which is why i'm still doing it the way they've done it where you know i watch one episode a week And I've been doing that with Diary of a Future President. I've done it with The D'Amelio Show as well, which is another uh, series where all eight episodes have dropped all at once. So I've watched um, two episodes of The D'Amelio Show and two episodes of uh, Diary of a Future President um, Series 2. I believe I might have got around about halfway uh, through watching uh, Behind the Attraction on Disney Plus as well. Um, So, yeah, so... I'm around about halfway through um, through watching uh, through watching that at the moment. But, um, you know, I, I just, yeah, I don't really like doing the whole binge watch thing. There is, like, obviously shows that I do binge through, you know. Um, and as a matter of fact, this upcoming week, I am thinking about getting back to watching a certain show um just like binging my way through a certain show i don't know at the moment whether to binge through the uh, american horror story or should i just leave that till october when we get american horror story double feature on disney plus i don't quite know at the moment i was going to start binging it uh, actually no i did start binging it um a few weeks ago but then obviously the walking dead um had to be prioritized so that I could then watch series 11 of the walking dead when that arrives on disney plus which is by the way the first uh, three or four episodes are now streaming on uh, disney plus um but yeah so so yeah so I may have to go back to watching american horror story but then I don't know how long it's got left on netflix because this is the thing is, and my theory, I'm still stating this theory that, you know, that American Horror Story is going to be leaving Netflix within the next month, between now and October, and obviously when American Horror Story Double Feature arrives on Disney Plus, I reckon that's when they're going to be dropping American Horror Story series one to nine. Now, interestingly, next week's podcast, I should fingers crossed. Should should should. Fingers crossed. Have the official lineup for October uh, on Disney Plus here in the UK. I should have the full list, um, and if I do, then I'll be able to read it to you guys, and I'll be able to go through everything that's coming in October to Disney Plus. Um, so, because yeah, around about Friday next week will be around about the halfway through the month point which means that hopefully i should have the full list if i don't then that's gonna really annoy me so i'm gonna be like oh, it's gonna be another week until i uh, end up having to read the full list but then at least that gives me a bit of time to kind of digest all the things coming to disney plus in october though if i have to leave it for another week but anyway So, yeah, so I just thought I'd put that out there. Anyway, we are getting some idea of some certain shows and stuff that's coming to Disney Plus in October. We know that Just Beyond is coming on the 13th of October. They have a Haunted Mansion Muppets uh, special. I believe that's coming October 8th. Um, and then they've got a Disney Channel original movie uh, called Under Wraps, uh, and I believe that's coming on the eighth of October as well. So, yeah, so there is some bits that I do know of at the moment, uh, but there are other bits obviously I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, all I know at the moment is that potentially Netflix's uh, contract with American Horror Stories has come to an end and which is why we haven't got series 9 on Netflix in the UK. Um, We've still only got series 1 to 8. So, And also as well, I've heard rumours from people on a Facebook group that I follow who have said that from the 5th of October, apparently some of the seasons for American Horror Story will be coming off. Um, Now, I don't know whether or not, I'm going to have a look on my phone very quick. Um, and see, if I go on to, like, the American Horror Story page on Netflix, I'm gonna see if maybe they have got, like, some sort of, like, expiry date or something, um, on here. American Horror Story. Um, let me go to Murder House. No, there's nothing that says there. Nothing that says on Asylum. Nothing that says on... Coven or Freak Show? No. Hotel? No, there's nothing on here. So I dunno. It's interesting. But um we'll we'll see. We'll see. I think but yeah, I'm hearing rumors anyway online now that um American Horror Story is gonna be leaving Netflix from the fifth of October to make way uh for it to then be released on Disney Plus. Um, along with Series 10. So whether or not that's true or not, I'll I'll let you know uh, in a future podcast, of course. Um, but yeah, so apart from that, though, so I don't know whether or not to go back and binge watch all eight seasons of American Horror Story between now and pretty much the end of the month. I don't know because, yeah, I just feel like Well, is there any point? Because they're going to be coming off Netflix soon. There'll probably be that gap as well between it coming off Netflix and then it being put on Disney Plus. So it means that, you know, that means that I've then got to have a little bit of a gap between, you know, it coming off Netflix and being put on Disney Plus before I can then go back and continue binge watching whatever season I've got up to at that point. So I'm a little bit conflicted about binging. American Horror Story at the moment. As much as I want to, you know, because I really do, because I do love horror. Of course I do. And I do think this series would definitely be for me. But, there's just that conflict of, well, it might be coming off Netflix soon and going to Disney Plus. So, you know. um, But, yeah. So, I'll let you guys know anyway in a future podcast about what's happening uh, with that on that front. But, um, we'll see. Anyway. Um, So there's still so much to talk about in this week's uh, weekly podcast. I've been recording now for the last 54 and a half minutes, so still so much to talk about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come away from movies and TV for the time being, and I'm going to talk about gaming. Now... I'm no PlayStation Sony fanboy, you know? I mean, I remember a YouTube video once that um, where this guy was like, I'm not a Sony fanboy! I'm not a Sony fanboy! Or something like that. I do remember it. And I think he was, like, unboxing the Wii U at the time or something. This is how many years ago I'm, I'm talking now. I remember an unboxing of, like, the Wii... I think it was, like, the Wii U or something, and... Yeah, he was just going on about how he's not a Sony fanboy anymore. It was funny. I, I do remember that. Um, but, yeah, no, in all seriousness, though, so um, PlayStation this week did a showcase. Uh, after months of anticipation, the next major PlayStation showcase has not only arrived, but it has also delivered some updates on key uh Games, new and old Uh, from the first gameplay reveal of God of War Ragnarok uh, Ragnarok, uh, to the announcements of Marvel's Spider-Man and Marvel's Wolverine from Insomniac Games there were some big moments throughout the show Uh, so from the previously mentioned games to the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake to Forspoken and Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and more. I'm about to reveal all the latest details for you on all of that. So, uh the sequel to 2018's God of War is officially called God of War Ragnarok and Sony I'm I'm sure we've we've known that for a while. I'm sure I've seen that being you know doing its rounds on the internet for quite some considerable time so maybe that might have been a reconfirmation that that's what the game was called but anyway uh sony revealed a brand new gameplay trailer to show much more of kratos and atreus uh new adventure unfortunately there was no release date mentioned god of war ragnarok uh takes place a few years after 2018's God of War, and the trailer shows that there is still some strife between Kratos and Atreus. Atreus uh, wants to explore what it means to actually be Loki and have giant heritage. However, Kratos knows how dangerous that path Atreus wants to walk down is and wants to protect him from harm, which will include antagonists like Freya and Thor. Insomniac Games revealed that Marvel's Spider-Man 2 will be arriving on PS5 in 2023, and its first gameplay trailer revealed that both Peter Parker and Miles Morales will be facing off against Venom, alongside returning voice actors uh, Yuri Lowenthal and uh, Peter Parker, and Najee uh, Jeter, uh who's Miles Morales, it was also confirmed that Candyman's Tony Todd will voice Venom. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake announced for PS5. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is not only one of the best Star Wars games around, but it's also the favourite game of many around the world. Now, Lucasfilm and Aspire are bringing a remake of the classic game that first arrived on Xbox in 2003 to PS5, where it will launch as a console exclusive. This new remake is being developed by not only industry veterans, but also some of the original team members of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. While it was just a brief glimpse, Spider-Man and Ratchet & Clank developer Insomniac Games announced it is working on Marvel's Wolverine for PS5. This new game is being directed by Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Brian Horton and Cameron Christian. And Insomniac's goal is to not only respect the DNA of what makes a character so popular but also look for opportunities to make it feel fresh and truly reflect the insomniac spirit. Project Eve received a new gameplay trailer that showed a ton of hack and slash action that looked gorgeous in motion project eve takes place in the near future and to win back earth the player becomes eve the survivor of the paratrooper squad deployed from the colony, who must fight through powerful enemies with new comrades the PlayStation Showcase gave us our best look at Tiny Tina's Wonderlands gameplay, alongside revealing a release date of March 25th, 2022. We catch a glimpse of some of the epic settings of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which includes everything from majestic towns to mushroom forests, foreboding fortresses. And more. There will also be an interactive tabletop zone which players can explore as they discover dynamic encounters and traverse between all key locations. Old school JRPG fans, we see you. Also, in a department from Borderlands, players will be able to create their own hero in game that features a multi class system that lets you mix and match six unique characters, skill trees, all with their own awesome abilities. There will also be a ton of customization options. Forspoken, which will arrive on PS5 in Spring 2022, got a new gameplay trailer that showed off dragons, magic and story details. We are treated to new footage of main character Frey and her journey into the dangerously beautiful world of Athia. Both Uncharted 4, A Thief's End and Lost Legacy will be getting the remaster treatment on both PS5 and PC, it was announced. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction will be released in January 2022. And this showcase, gay fans, a glimpse of the action players will experience when they have to fight off the Archaean threat. Alan Wake Remastered was already announced but we now have our first look at gameplay and a release date was also announced for October 5th 2021 so for those Alan Wake Remastered fans out there you won't have long to wait before you can play the game on PlayStation 5. While it was originally set for November 11th, the PS5 upgrade, and presumably the one for Xbox Series X and S as well, has been delayed to March 2022. However, we did get a good look at the game in action. Now, this is what I'm talking about, is Grand Theft Auto 5 and Grand Theft Auto Online as well. Uh, it was also announced uh, that the standalone version of GTA Online will be available for all PS5 players with PlayStation Plus for the first three months after launch. Gran Turismo 7 will officially be released on both PS5 and PS4 on March twenty second, 2022. Tachia is a game that is not only inspired by New Caledonia, but it is one that lets you soul jump into any physical object or animal in the world, that each offers its own controls and abilities. The main character, Tachia, will also be able to use a ukulele to influence the world and story. While it's been a while since we've seen Ghostwire Tokyo, the, this PlayStation showcase gave us a new look at the supernatural thriller but offered little new information. Ahead of its October 28th release date, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy has received another gameplay trailer showcasing all of our favourite team of heroes from the stars. Deathloop launch trailer revealed ahead of its September 14th release date. While it didn't reveal a ton of new details, we did get one more big look at Deathloop before its release date of September 14th. Now, obviously, uh, today it's September 12th, uh, 2021, so obviously the time this podcast does go out This game will be released on PS5 in exactly uh, two days' time. Uh, If you are listening to this uh, podcast after September 14th, this game is now available to play on PS5 right now. Blood Hunt was announced earlier this year, and Sony is bringing it the free-to-play third-person battle royale game that is set in the Vampire, the Masquerade universe, to PS5 later in 2021. And finally... Uh, Kid Amnesia Exhibition is a new game experience from both Radiohead and Epic Games fans. Won't have long to wait as it will be released on PS5 in november 2021 obviously an exact release date uh, for that game uh will be announced uh of course at a later date so there we go so that's everything that was announced by the way at the uh, playstation showcase event uh, that took place earlier this week now uh i am going to be revealing to you guys exactly what is leaving Uh, Netflix UK uh, in October 2021. At the moment, I've only got the list for October 1st. Um, So obviously, I'm going to reveal those details for you now. Um, But obviously, when I do this feature again in the podcast, um, a little bit later on in this month, etc., I'm not going to be going through the entire list again. I will just go through the list as and when it is updated here. But anyway, let me uh, talk you through what is going to be leaving uh, Netflix on October the 1st because um, it's going to be a very hectic start to the month on Netflix in October with over 60 new movies and TV shows currently scheduled uh, to leave the library. Um, So one of the biggest losses to the UK library will be the removal of Ghost in the Shell, Now, let me just. I'm just going to search this very quick. Ghost in the Shell. I'm just going to find out who is the studio by. um, Let me see. Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I want the movie. Um, uh, Movie. Movie. There we go. Let me see. If it's 20th Century Fox, then we know. We all know where it's going to. No, it's not all. It's Paramount Pictures. Now, given the fact that we're going to be getting uh, Paramount Plus, won't surprise me if it ends up on Paramount Plus. I don't know when Paramount Plus is launching in the UK. Um, have we actually got an official release date yet for Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus. Um... Oh, hang on. Uh, Paramount Plus, no. Um, I'm just gonna type plus UK. Paramount Plus UK, uh, is coming. B-b-b-b-b-b- oh, okay. No, it's not coming till next year. I don't know why it's leaving Netflix. Then I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's have a look then. So, 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 uh, so the movies and TV shows that are leaving. Uh, Netflix UK, on October 1st, are 47 Ronin, 2013, Baby Mama, 2008, Bad Guys, one season, Be With Me, one season, Be With You, one season, Beethoven, 1992, Beyblade Burst, one season, The Big Lubowski, 1998, Cheese in the Trap, one season, Chicago Typewriter, one season, Uh, Collateral, 2004, College Romance 2018, Daylight 1996, Desmond's 6 seasons, Did You Hear About the Morgans 2009, Do the Right Thing 1989, Engineering Girls 1 season, Entitled 2018, Fall in Love with Me 1 season, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas 1998, Fences 2016, The Game 1997, Ghost in the Shell 2017, Ghost Town 2008, Girls Hostel, one season. Hot Harold, uh, 2010. In the Name of the Father, 1993. Inmates, one season. It's Okay, That's Love, one season. Jarhead, 2005. Jarhead 2, Field of Fire, 2014. Let's Eat, one season. Let's Eat 2, one season. The Liar and His Lover, one season. Little Singham, Kalki Tabahi, uh, 2019. Love Check Charge, one season, Love Story, 1970, Maniac, 2015, Masterpiece, Contemporary, Page 8, 2011, The Mexican, 2001, Murder on the Homefront, 2013, Murphy's Law of Love, one season, Oh My Ghost, one season, Ordinary Heroes, um, 2018, Out of Time, 2000, Patch Adams, 1998, Raw Deal nineteen eighty 1980, uh, 1986, Reply ni- 1988, one season, Reply 1994, one season, Reply 1997, one season, uh, Resident Evil The Final Chapter, 2016, um Sherpa 2015, Someone Like You, one season, The Sound of Silence, 2019, Stardust 2007, Strong 2016, They Live uh, 1988, Uh, Tunnel 1 season, When I See You Again 1 season, White Teeth 1 season, World War II In Colour 1 season, and You, Me and Dupree 2006. So that is pretty much a lot of things leaving Netflix on the 1st of October here in the UK. However, though, there is a lot of things coming to Netflix on the 1st of October. So even though all those shows are leaving Netflix uh, in October here in the UK. But we're going to be getting a lot more stuff. Um, Hang on. (coughs) Ah, Excuse me. Not COVID. Um, So anyway, so on October 1st, we have got Anatomy 2000, a sister sect, Colonia Dignidad one season. And that's a Netflix original, by the way. Body of Lies, 2008, Kalito's Way, 1993, Creeped Out, Series 2, Dawn of the Dead, 2004, Diana the Musical, that's a Netflix original, and I'm looking forward to seeing that, actually. Effie Gray, uh, 2014, Forever Rich, that's a Netflix original. Now, be prepared to get excited. Now, given the fact that in October, uh, in the cinemas, we're going to be getting Halloween kills, it's and obviously the fact that, you know, we're going into October, and we deserve a lot of horror movies in October, Netflix, do not disappoint. We are getting, here in the UK, the original 1978 Halloween movie. I love it. As well as Halloween 2... 1981, and Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, 1989, now I don't know what happened between Halloween 2 and, you know, I don't know why they're not adding Halloween 3 and Halloween 4, but that makes no sense, there we go, maybe they're just easily, maybe Netflix were like, nah, no, no, no. we'll just forget about those, um, and pretend they did not exist, but... There we go. We've got three Halloween movies uh, coming out on Netflix on the 1st of October. Now, interestingly, I did look at Netflix the other day because I thought, I wonder if the 2018 uh, Halloween movie is still on Netflix. It's not. It's not on Netflix anymore. I don't know where it's gone, but it's gone, Uh, which is sad. But yeah, anyway, uh, also coming to Netflix is Heat 1995 uh Inside Job 2010 Jumper 2008 Killer Women with Piers Morgan Series 1 Night and Day 2010 Love and Other Drugs 2010 Love You to Death 2019 Made which is a Netflix original limited series Marley and Me 2008 Pake's Spirit Series 1 a Netflix original Pavlova a Woman of uh, a Woman for All Time 1983 uh Scaredy Cats Series 1 Uh, Netflix original. We're getting all nine seasons of Senfield as well. We're also going to be getting the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, um, uh, fronted Spider-Man 2002 movie. That's only the first Spider-Man movie, by the way. Uh, We're also going to be getting Swallow, uh, Netflix original, The Crowned Clown series one, The Guilty, Netflix original, The Haunting 1999. The Haunting in Connecticut 2009, The Right 2011, Till Death 2021. Uh, this is what's coming to Netflix UK on October 3rd. We've got seasons, uh, Scissor 7, Series 3, a Netflix original. Simply Raymond Blanc, Series 1. On October 4th, we're getting On on My Block, Series 4, a Netflix original. Uh, on October 5th, we're getting Bad Hair, uh, which is a Hulu original horror movie about a young woman who gets a hair weave that seems to have a mind of its own. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, We've got Escape the Undertaker interactive special and Netflix uh, WWE interactive special based on the popular character. Remember You series one uh, what's coming to Netflix UK on October 6th? We've got *Baking Impossible Series 1, the first six episodes, Netflix original. The Five Joannas, uh Series 1, Netflix original. And There's Someone Inside Your House, a Netflix original. And again, looking forward to seeing that as well. What's coming to Netflix UK on October 7th? We've got the Billion Dollar Code limited series, Netflix original. The Ingenuity of the House Husband, a Netflix original. And The Way of the House Husband Part 2, Netflix original as well. What's coming to Netflix UK on October 8th? We've got A Tale of Dark and Grim series one, Netflix original. And Family Business, series three, in Netflix original. On October 11th, we've got The Babysitter's Club, series two, which is a Netflix original. Uh, on October 12th, we've got Convergence, Courage in a Crisis 2021. so Netflix original. On October 13th, we've got Fever Dream, Netflix original. Uh, we have also got, on October 15th, we got My Name, Series 1, Netflix original. Shark Dogs, Fantastic Halloween, Netflix original. Uh, the Four of Us, Netflix original. And You, Series 3, Netflix original as well on October 22nd we are getting Inside Job uh, which is a Netflix original. Uh, on October 28th we're getting Louis Miguel the series series 3 and that's a Netflix original and that is a uh, that's going to be the third and final season of the biopic series and finally uh, on October 29th at the moment we're getting Army of the th- uh, Army of Thieves uh, which is a Netflix original and it's a prequel to the Netflix original movie that came out earlier this year called Army of the Dead. And we're getting Colin in Black and White limited series, which is a Netflix original as well. Now, while I'm on the subject of talking about Netflix, there's a uh, show that's going to be coming to Netflix later this week, actually, uh, called Final Space. Now, this series I watched earlier this year. I thought it was really, really good. Loved the first two series. Um when they dropped on netflix and i also love the animation and the visuals uh in that show as well so i was really really glad um, really really happy to hear that later this month on netflix in the uk and most likely globally as well uh, we're going to be getting the third series of final space now it has been announced that this series of Final Space that's going to be dropping on the 16th of September on Netflix is actually going to be the third and final season which I'm quite devastated about because I I liked that series so much I really did and I I really did enjoy watching that show um, you know d- especially during like the, the lockdown that we had earlier this year You know, it was kind of one of those, like, comfort shows that were getting me through lockdown earlier this year. So, um, you know, so the fact that it's ending, it's quite sad, to be honest. But I'm going to enjoy it anyway. I know I am. I love the animation visuals in it, you know. And I do find it quite a a funny series uh, to watch as well. So, um, yeah, so I'm definitely going to be watching that uh, from the 16th of September uh, definitely, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well, really, really looking forward to it, so, um, but yeah, so, there we go, so that's a look at what's coming to Netflix so far in October, uh, of course, if the list does get updated with more dates, which it most likely will, uh, then, of course, I'll try and bring you up to speed with everything else that's coming to Netflix throughout October, as soon as I get them details coming through, um, It's the same with uh, what's leaving uh, Netflix as well. So anyway, I'm now going to talk about Just Beyond uh, because that's a Disney Plus original series that is set to be uh, streaming on Disney Plus uh, in October 2021. Uh, More specifically, on the 13th of October. Uh, All eight episodes will be available, by the way. But Disney is releasing a brand new eight episode anthology series called Just Beyond uh, on Disney Plus on Wednesday, the 13th of October, uh, which is inspired by the writings of R.L. Stein. This new series tells astonishing and thought provoking stories of a reality just beyond the one we know. Each episode introduced viewers to a new cast of characters who must go on a surprising journey of self-discovery in a supernatural world of witches, aliens, ghosts and parallel universes. Stein, prolific author of young adult horror fiction, including the Goosebumps and Fear Street series, has been scaring readers worldwide for over 35 years. The show's creator referenced his popular page-turners while developing their new series of hair-raising stories, episodes at knowledge <coughs> excuse me uh, episodes at knowledge teenage struggles such as bullying peer pressure and anxiety through supernatural storylines that will keep viewers on the edge of their seats Disney has also released descriptions for all eight episodes giving us an insight into what this series is is about so episode one is going to be called Leave Them Kids Alone. So, when 14 year old activist Veronica Vanderhall is suspended from school, her parents send her to Miss Gen- Genevieve's uh, School for Difficult Girls, uh, which claims to have an impeccable record for rehabilitating complicated girls with a streak. Uh, Miss G and her uh, students appear to be the picture of perfection, with impeccable manners and identical, in, immovable uh, hairdos. However, Veronica soon discovers that those impeccable manners mask a dark secret and hatches a plan to help the girls regain their voice. Voices. Episode two is called "Parents Are From Mars, Kids Are From Venus." Jack and Ronald, 14-year-old best friends, swear their parents get weirder every day, but their embarrassment turns to shock when boys stumble into the adults' game night and discover their parents dressed in ornate robes, chanting and levitating objects. Are they witches in a cult? They seek help from the owner of a local curiosity shop who suspects their parents are aliens, As the families hit the road for a shared trip to a remote lake house, Jack and Ronald fear for their lives. Episode 3 is called Witch Witch. As the only witch at her high school, Fiona has learned that the safest way to navigate her teen years is to blend in. She's over the moon that her secret crush Emilio has asked her to the homecoming dance. Then her parents drop a bomb. Cousin Luna, who Fiona loves but considers Fresh off the broomstick, is arriving from England and uh, attending Fiona's school. Unlike Fiona, Luna is proud of being a witch and eager to show off her magical abilities. Fiona must decide if she'll continue to hide or let them see the witch. Episode 4 is called My Monster. Outwardly, Olivia appears to be handling her parents' recent divorce, quite well but inside she's anxious and overwhelmed it doesn't help that her family's new place her mother's childhood home has squeaky floorboards flickering lights and a seriously creepy vibe olivia's fears are validated when she comes face to face with a masked hulking humanoid who quickly vanishes when the heart-pounding hauntings continue Olivia and her neighbour, Graham, set out to solve the mystery of the masked monster. Episode 5 is called Unfiltered. Lily Renton, the smart yet plain star of her high school's quiz bowl team often compares herself to celebrities and admires the popular girls at school just once she wishes someone would think of her as beautiful rather than smart. Her wish comes true when a substitute teacher introduces Lily to an invite only beauty app that magically transforms her appearance but all choices have consequences and Lily must decide once and for all if she truly values outer beauty over inner beauty. Episode 6, We've Got Spirits? Yes, We Do. 14-year-old Ella should be excited about her class field trip to the legendary Fox Theatre. Unfortunately, her ex-best friend Zoe is also going. At the theatre, a tour guide tells the tale of a 1938 fire that claimed the lives of an acting troupe in rehearsal. Legend has it the dead th- thespians are looking to pluck the living and drag them into their phantasimal... Acting true pay. When personal uh, with Zoe sends her running off, Ella finds herself trapped in the theatre after dark and in the middle of a ghostly drama. Episode 7 Standing Up for Yourself. The idyllic town of Larkinville is tormented by 13 year old Trevor Larkin, a bully with a menacing scar and massive build. Trevor is particularly pumped when a new student, a.k.a. an ideal target, arrives to school. 14-year-old Evan Berger wears glasses, hand-me-down clothing and a prosthetic leg that makes him walk with a slight limp. But appearances can be deceiving and when Evan stands up for himself, Trevor's Trevor's actions will change his life and Larkinville forever. The final episode, episode 8, is titled The Treehouse. It's been nearly a year since Sam's dad passed away and after saving up his money, Sam just became the proud owner of his late father's favourite comic in mint condition. That is until the neighbourhood bully snatches it and tosses it in a puddle. Wrecked, Sam retreats to the treehouse he and his father built but lightning from a fast moving storm uh, cracks a branch and sends him tumbling to the ground. He awakens In an alternate universe, where strange yet familiar encounters ultimately lead him to an excruciating choice. Uh, So there we go. So that is all of those eight episode descriptions for Just Beyond. This kind of gives me Stranger Things vibes. This is what I'm getting from this series, is, is Stranger Things vibes. Now, I'm going to watch this series in October. Admittedly, I'm going to be quite far behind everyone else because everyone else be like, oh, great, I can binge watch all eight episodes on the 13th of October. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to watch one episode a week. Um, So, obviously, in eight weeks' time, well, probably looking at around about the beginning of December uh, is by the time I would have watched all eight episodes. But... I will give my thoughts and opinions on this series um, because, again, I'm, as I'm reading it, I'm just thinking this kind of gives me Stranger Things vibes if Stranger Things was standalone episodes rather than a continuing story. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing this anyway on Disney+. And as I say, all eight episodes uh, will be available to stream... Uh, on Disney Plus on the 13th of October. Now, staying with October, um, I'm going to talk about the Venice Film Festival. And there's two films in particular that I want to talk about that has come out of the Venice Film Festival. Uh-uh-uh. Just having a sip on my drink. Anyway. Um, so... Last Night in Soho is the first film. Halloween Kills is the second film. Now, they've had screenings this week uh, over at Venice Film Festival. And I believe that on October 9th, uh, Last Night in Soho, is actually going to be getting a screening over in London here in the UK, which I'm so jealous about because I really want to see this movie. Um, Anyway, I really can't wait for this movie to come out in... um, in October, October 29th is when this movie is released. Um, but I'm going to tell you about this uh, review that discussing film, which I follow proactively on Twitter, have put out. Um, and I'll try I'll, go through the entire review. This is what I mean. I mean, it's quite a lengthy one. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll go through all of it. So this is what they've put. So Edgar Wright is one of Britain's best contemporary filmmakers. Naturally, a new feature from Wright is bound to garner a lot of eyeballs. And coming off his documentary debut, The Sparks Brothers, which already premiered this year, Last Night in Soho manages to continuously raise the bar for this storyteller. Wright's latest is a beguiling yet haunting ode to the swinging and vibrant suite, uh, streets of 1960s London. Eloise Thomasin McKenzie is an aspiring fashion designer who makes a long move from Cornwall to study fashion at University College London. Shortly after moving into a schooling residence, Eloise makes the gut decision to move out and find her own place. Eloise meets Miss Collins on a whim, an older Londoner looking to rent out a room in her central London home. It's here where Eloise starts dreaming of a beautiful, idyllic blonde uh, singer named Sandy, Anya Taylor-Joy. Her, that's the that's the actor by the way, Anya Taylor Joy. Her, her her full name is not Sandy Anya Taylor Joy. Okay, I'm just putting that out there. Her dreams, her dreams quickly become reality, as she becomes obsessed with Sandy, even basing her latest fashion designs on the mysterious figure. Not all is, is is as it appears to be as Eloise's dreams of Soho in the 60s start to splinter into reality. Like Baby Driver before, Last Night in Soho sees Wright stepping into new ground as he continues to leap away from comedy. But that's not to say that the film is without humour. For it can be very funny with Wright's trademark wit It's clear that this is a passion piece for Wright who brings together his extensive love of horror cinema and music which make for a match made in heaven. To describe the effect of Last Night in Soho, two simple words come to mind, haunting and spellbinding. It's haunting in the way that the film's mystery plays out but also as the final act descends into pure horror. um, The questions that push Eloise are, Who is Sandy? Is she real? Uh, Or is it all just a nostalgia-induced dream? Um, In terms of the latter feeling, its spell is weaved by the harmony between the film's toe-tapping soundtrack gorgeous and vibrant cinematography and the chilling twist-filled narrative. Although very different, the passion for music in Last Night in Soho is akin to Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Both films leave one with a similar nostalgic feeling of absolute awe for times gone by. The soundtrack of the 60s, uh, is a p- pivotal part of the film. Um, it greatly helps to define the story's time period shifts and how Eloise feels. For Eloise, music is an escape from the present while Wright clearly uh, embraces this love and admiration. The film makes a valid warning of fetishizing the past since much of the hardships in the present day also happened back then. Additionally, Anya Taylor-Joy's on-the-spot rendition of Petula Clark's Downtown is an instant musical treasure a la Emma Stone's audition scene in La La Land. Talking about performances, Thomasin McKenzie absolutely brings it all as the main lead. She's arguably been on a hot streak since her breakout role in the wonderful Leave No Trace. And McKenzie shows why by stretching a whole new set of acting muscles here, as the film plunges into full on horror, Mackenzie's role be- becomes disjointed um, and loses all sense of reality. It's here when she shines just as bright alongside seasoned actors like Diana Rigg, Terence Stamp, and Anya Taylor Joy. Another name that must be mentioned is Michael Ajo who's now grown since his favourite part in Attack the Block, and as he is tenderly brilliant alongside Wright's cast. Also, it must be mentioned that the film opens with what might be the best scene of the year. It's unforgettably excellent. Likewise, Last Night in Soho, a mysterious uh, connection between the past and present is acely executed, On its own, this tale is undeniably fascinating. It's a love letter to many personal things for this filmmaker horror, London, the 60s, and classic music. The end result is a film that is both powerfully chilling and wondrously beautiful. Now, discussing film, discussing film gave this a five star rating. Now, that's it. That is it. You know, that is it. My. Honestly, my expectations for this movie when I go and see it at the end of October is just... is high. It's really, really high. Um, and the fact that... I'm just going to reiterate what they just said there. It must be mentioned that the film opens with what might be the best scene of the year. Now, I've seen so many... Um, I've seen so many films this year. And there's been a lot of good scenes in these, uh, in these movies. So for discussing film to turn around and say a line like that in their review. it You know, again, it just sets the bar really, really high. Um, It really does. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've never seen Thomasin McKenzie in anything. Um, And it's the same with Anya Taylor-Joy. I've never seen Anya Taylor-Joy in anything. So for me... You know, if these two ladies are future rising stars, and I'm going to be seeing them in a lot more movies, more so Anya Taylor-Joy at the moment, because I've seen her being casted in a couple of future upcoming movies and projects. So her name is going to be out there a lot in the future. Um, And it could be the same for Thomasin McKenzie as well um so yeah so for me you know to see this movie with two for me unknown actresses is going to be very interesting because it kind of makes me think what do they have to bring to the table in terms of their acting you know um you know so i'm looking forward to seeing that um there is obviously the well-known actor that i know of uh which is matt smith Um, Obviously, he played the 11th Doctor in uh, Doctor Who. Um, And in this, I'll tell you what, he's up... I'm not going to say he's like a world away from playing the Doctor in Doctor Who because when he played the 11th Doctor, there was times where he became this really dark Doctor, you know. Um, And it's the same with here. As well, you know, he plays a really dark character. He plays a murderer um, in the 60s in this movie. So, you yeah, know, for me, I really can't wait to see him um, in this movie as well. So I think that's also just an added bonus. Not only is this a, a psychological thriller-horror movie, but it's also got, you know, one of my one of my favourite doctors from the past in Doctor Who. He's in it. As well, it's also done by Edgar Wright, who is well known for directing Shaun of the Dead and uh, Hot Fuzz and The World's End and Baby Driver and all of that. Yeah, you know, so it's been done by him. Yeah, you know, so straight away, it it does look really really good. And while I'm on the subject of talking about last night in Soho, earlier this week there was um, a new trailer, a second trailer released, which we got more details um, about the plot of the story. Um, Obviously, the first trailer, it was more focused on that, you know, very eerie-sounding downtown that we hear Anya Taylor-Joy singing. But in this trailer, we get dialogue, we get plot details yeah you know, and it is it does look like a very very interesting movie the running time for it is an hour and 56 minutes uh, according to rotten tomatoes um so you know for a 2 hour for pretty much a near on 2 hour movie i'm looking forward to it um i really am looking forward to watching it so i yeah i can't wait to see it i really can't wait to see it um in october and i think it's going to be good I think it is going to be really, really good. Um, And it is definitely up there as one of my high anticipated movies of 2021. It's funny, actually, because the other day I was uh, saying to my friend online, I said, my top three movies for the rest of this year are, and this is in no particular order, by the way, is Halloween Kills, uh, Last Night in Soho, And Spider-Man No Way Home. Those are my last top three movies for this year. I know that obviously we're getting like Venom Let There Be Carnage. And you know we're getting Eternals and all of that. I know that. But you know they're not really you know they're not my most anticipated movies for this year. I will obviously go and see them. Of course I will. But yeah they're just not my and they're not like anticipating for me so i'm looking forward to seeing last night in soho um uh, later this year uh when that comes out on october 29th uh 2021 and i look forward to seeing what anya taylor joy and thomasin mckenzie have got to bring to the acting table as well um so as i've never seen them in anything else um i know that the, the Anya Taylor Joy has been in Queen's Gambit and The New Mutants. And I know that Thomasin McKenzie, more knowingly for me, she's been in Jojo Rabbit, but I've never seen those movies. So I have no idea what they're like as actors or actresses and stuff. So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what this is like. Also, as well, I did find out because I followed Thomasin McKenzie on uh, on Instagram the other week, uh, the other day actually um and what's very interesting is i saw an instagram story from her now she's got an accent right and i couldn't quite touch on what that accent is i actually had a look and she's actually from new zealand she's actually a new zealand actress um i yeah i just searched her name on google and it came up with with her acting career and stuff like that um in, I'm pretty sure she's quite young as well. Actually, is she like? I'm sure. I'm very, very sure. I'll have to search her name again. When I searched her name the other day, I'm pretty certain. <clears throat> here it is. Um, isn't she like? Oh no, she's t- she's 21. Who did I see that was 17? There was somebody I saw. There was an actress or someone the other day that I saw that was like only 17. It wasn't Anya Taylor-Joy, was it? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I don't think it was. Um, no. Anya Taylor-Joy is 25. Okay, so, so Thomasin McKenzie is 21. And Anya Taylor-Joy is 25. Wow. Their acting career is going really well so far, honestly. If they've been in a few known things like, you know, Queen's Gambit and New Mutants and, and Jojo Rabbit and now Last Night in Soho... You know, they're, they are literally, well, they're doing well. They're doing well for their age. Uh, anyway. Uh, right, I'm going to talk about um, Halloween Kills because that's the second film that was shown over at the Venice Film Festival over the last week. Um, and the review, once again, was done by Discussing Film. Um, I've really got to wrap this podcast up very, very soon, by the way. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, I do know I've been talking for like of a, an hour and 41 minutes. That's a long time. But anyway, I will talk about Halloween Kills. Okay. Um, I think that is pretty much... Oh, I was going to talk about, um, one final thing as well about, uh, um, about Disney+. Plus. I'll talk about that very briefly. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to talk about, uh, Halloween Kills because the review has been released by Discussing Film. Okay, so I'm going to read through all of this uh, for you. Uh, So, John Carpenter's uh, revelatory 1978 horror film Halloween spawned a slew of sequels that have extensively varied in quality. It wasn't until 2018's Halloween, directed by David Gordon Green, that any film had come to being nearly as good as the original. Green's Legacy sequel was a commercial and critical success, leading to the announcement of two more follow-ups. Now, after the long wait, the next continuation, Halloween Kills, is here and is just as good as its predecessor, but it takes the slash in Slasher up to a thousand and it's all the better for it. Halloween night 2018, Michael Myers burns in the basement of Laurie Strode's house. The town of Haddonfield is blissfully unaware that the boogeyman, that has haunted them for over 40 years is trapped in a burning tomb. Thus, the fire brigade is sent to extinguish the flames and save any survivors. Of course, everything goes downhill. Michael manages to escape in brutal fashion and makes his way back home once more, cutting through as many bystanders as he can find. Halloween Kills is a non-stop blood-rushing blast. David Gordon Green takes the brutality of his 2018 film and amps it up, breaking the dial in the process. Michael literally mows his way through the entire town of Haddonfield. No character, big or small, is ever safe. There are some absolutely gnarly kills that will become ingrained in spectators' minds. It's shocking to the highest degree. In terms of the film's scare factor, audiences will be undoubtedly biting their nails in anxiety. Green successfully keeps the viewer on edge as one anticipates the sudden arrival of Michael's cold knife piercing through his next victim. What makes Halloween Kills differ from 2018's Halloween is the fact that it's less about Laurie Strode. Many familiar faces from Laurie's past return and take centre stage, along with her granddaughter, by bringing in this extensive range of supporting characters and killing them off one by one. It's made abundantly clear that Michael Myers is truly unstoppable and that it won't be known as to who will be making it to the next film alive until this one's very end. No one can escape the boogeyman. In terms of of its filmmaking, Halloween Kills is a compelling horror delight. It plays heavily into the audience's fear of darkness as cinema photographer Michael Simmons blasts strong beams of light to contrast the emptiness of each scene. Despite being clearly modern, a large majority of Simmons' visuals evoke Dean Cundley's... um, Original style, the frequent use of zooms elevate the ongoing and endless amount of dread in the atmosphere. Pairing with the film's cinema photography is the crisply loud and fear-invoking sound design, which as always is incredible, but the cherry on the top is John Carpenter's new rendition of his classic Halloween theme. It's just as chilling as ever. However, the film isn't without its flaws. Jeff Fraudley, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green's scripting is perhaps the biggest example. Likewise, this was the standout flaw of the 2018 film. There is something inauthentic and occasionally farce to some of the dialogue especially at the start admittedly Halloween Kills screenplay gets better as it moves along and is best when all hell is breaking loose as a slasher naturally its best moments are when Michael Myers is chopping down his victims one can overlook this somewhat archetypal uh, scripting flaws thanks to the sheer entertainment factor of the film Ultimately, the new avenues that David Gordon Green takes with introducing a wider cast of characters is very welcomed, especially as it emphasises the sheer inhumane and indestructible nature of Michael Myers. It also goes away from the somewhat frustrating notion that Michael is simply after Laurie Strode and nothing more. When it's clear that that is not his intentions, Halloween Kills explores the myth of Michael Myers in a twisted and more psychological manner as his true nature as an inexplicable force is further made explicit. Halloween kills is a blood-filled roller coaster of a film. Not only will it leave everyone yearning for a conclusion which they'll get, but it also leaves a lasting memorable impact. Now, the film is going to be released in cinemas on October fifteenth, here in the UK, um, and also in the US as well. Uh, now, discussing film, have given it four star rating. The re, I think the reason being is because of the dialogue in the film. Yeah, you know, I think the action scenes, from going by this review here, is probably you know going to be really really good. We're going to be again same with like like uh, last night in Soho. You know, we're setting the expectation bar really, really high for this movie here. You know, this is a story um, about Michael Myers. Um, you know, and this is actually, this is his movie. This is now his movie, you know. Um, and it is literally just going to purely focus on Michael Myers killing his victims one by one. Um, and you know what? I'm actually looking forward to seeing this movie. I've waited a year and a half now to see this goddamn movie. You know, well, actually, no, I've not even... Well, yeah, I have. Yeah, I've waited about a year and a half to see this goddamn movie hit the cinemas. And, you know, I must say that I'm looking forward to it. You know, it was meant to be released last year in October. It got pushed back due to the pandemic. But now that we're in somewhat a much better place than what we was this time last year you know, with the vaccine rollout and stuff like that, this movie can now go ahead and be released in cinemas. And the fact that we've only got roughly around about four weeks until this movie comes out is really, really good. You know, really, really good. And I can't wait to see it for myself. Um, And as always, I will give you my thoughts on the movie as and when it is released. But I think the reason why this movie didn't get a five star rating from discussing film is purely just down to the fact that the dialogue isn't the best dialogue um so yeah well, but anyway i will give you my thoughts on it uh, when i go and see this movie um in october and the same going um for um for last night in soho as well i'll give you my thoughts on last night in soho uh when uh, that gets released as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Really am looking forward to it. Uh, so those two movies right there are my highly anticipated movies for next month. And I really can't wait to, to talk all about it. I do actually have a feeling that I'm going to go and see... I'm definitely going to go and see Halloween Kills more than once. And it might be the same for Last Night in Soho. I think both of those movies as they are my highly anticipated movies of the year I do think they do get to get they get to have that Steve's second cinema trip treatment um for me yeah because they they do look like really good movies the trailers are giving off some really good vibes uh, really good vibes um the other thing that I need to add about Halloween kills here is so the movie is released in cinemas Uh, In the UK and in the US on October 15th. Now, this is important for me to put out there for uh, people in the US. So people in the US will be getting Halloween kills in cinemas. And they'll also be releasing it on streaming service Peacock over in the US as well on the same day. Um, So I don't really know whether or not... I don't know whether or not that's a good idea, to be honest, because I feel like that might damage the box office a little bit. I do think it would damage the box office a little bit. um, But, obviously, you know, we already know that there is going to be a conclusion movie, Halloween Ends. Uh, That movie will be coming out next October. So, you know, so if I'm worried that, oh, well, that means that's it, there's going to be no follow-up to this movie well there is of course there is because they've already confirmed that there is going to be a follow-up to halloween kills which is titled halloween ends so you know the fact that you know it's going to peacock i don't know i mean i don't i mean at the end of the day peacock is owned by um by NBC Universal obviously Universal Pictures are the distribution studio who obviously have distributed uh this movie um along with Blumhouse so yeah so for it to go to for it to go to um to um to Peacock is obviously understandable uh, a little bit but at the same time I do think is it a good idea is it wise you know like things are starting to get back to normal. Shang-Chi did a really good uh, box office performance uh, during its first opening weekend. Um you know, so that does kind of give you a sign that cinemas are or theaters are starting to get back to somewhat normality. Um you know, and every time I've been to the cinema since the start of the uh, since uh, lockdown has eased, even if there's been a screening where there's been a lot of people in that screening. For example, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi had a lot of people in that screening, right? But people were still sitting, you know, in their groups. So, you know, if you had, like, you know, four friends going to the cinema, you know, they will sit in their seats next to each other because they're part of a group. And whoever's booking the seats next to them are booking them, like, a little bit far away from that group. Like, there's, like, a couple of seat space between the group and that other person, other individual or whatever. So it's good that, you know, that people are going to the cinema and they're doing it sensibly as well. I mean, not once have I, I don't think, no, not once have I ever really had a stranger sat next to me in the cinema since uh, since lockdown has eased in the UK. I would probably say that the closest I've had someone sit next to me is there was a seat next to me that was empty, but then the seat after that, uh, there was someone sat there. Um, but yeah, but that's the closest that someone has sat next to me. No one's actually like properly sat next to me at the cinema which I'm okay with you know as long as there's like maybe okay a 1 meter distance is fine you know 2 meter distance preferably but 1 meter is fine as long as you don't cough over me um you know so yeah so I'm 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 looking forward uh, to going back to the cinema to see Halloween kills and uh, and last night in soho and as I say I will give you my thoughts on those movies um and i think again i mean i saw halloween back in 2018 i saw that more than once really loved that movie i still love that movie to this day i I really do um yeah i i love yeah and if someone if somebody was to ask me who's your favorite masked killer in a in a horror movie i'd say michael myers michael myers is my favorite masked killer in a horror movie uh, you know, I know you've got, like, Ghostface. I know you've got Jason from Friday the 13th. You know, I know you've got, like, Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that. But, you know, but for me, I would probably say Michael Myers is my favourite masked killer, um, you know, because he's, he's just indestructible. He really is, you know. Like, just look, I mean, look at look at the end of Halloween back in 2018. Laurie Strode traps him in the basement, there's no way he can get out, and sets her house on fire with him in it. You know, look at Halloween Kills, he comes out that fire with just a slight burnt look to his mask, and that's it. And That's only a little bit as well, it's not like, you know, it's not like majorly burned, so... Uh, you know, I really can't wait to see this movie. Really, really can't wait. Uh, so, anyway, that's my thoughts, anyway, on Halloween Kills, Last Night in Soho. And, obviously, that's the reviews uh, that Discussing Film have put out uh, this week um, on their website as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, that movie. Now... Um I need to talk actually about uh, Disney very quick um, because I'm trying to find what's that? So, okay, well, there's an advert now. Great. I want to close it. Uh, close the advert. Okay. Um, okay. Right. Uh, I d. Okay. Actually, I'm going to talk about Marvel first. Yeah, Marvel. Uh, Because Marvel Studios have added four new untitled films to its theatrical release schedule. Um, So, um, I'm just going to go here. So, okay. So, uh, at the moment, all we know is that up until... So, I'm going to go through the entire list between now anyway. So, 2021, we've got Eternals on the 5th of November. In 2022, we've got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness on March 25th, 2022. Thor, Love and Thunder, May 6th, 2022. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever on July 8th, 2022. And The Marvels on November 11th, 2022. And then in 2023, we've got Ant-Man, The Wasp, Quantumania. Um... On February seventeenth, twenty twenty-three, and then we've got the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three on May fifth, uh, twenty twenty-three, as well. Then from there, we've got three untitled movies coming in twenty twenty-three. One on July twenty-eighth, twenty twenty-three, October sixth, and November third. My birthday. Um. So yeah. So we're gonna. So those movies will be coming out in twenty twenty-three if all goes well. And then in 2024, there's four Marvel Studios movies that are coming out. Um, so, um, So, obviously, there's one untitled movie coming February 16th, 2024. One untitled movie coming May 3rd, 2024. One untitled movie coming July 26th, 2024. And the final untitled movie for 2024 is coming on November 8th. Uh, we should then expect these films to be released on Disney Plus after they finished their theatrical run. With the way things keep changing, trying to predict exact Disney Plus release dates would be premature. Um, so, uh, Disney has already previously announced it's making the following films. Uh, so, we've got uh, Fantastic Four, Blade Deadpool 3 and Captain America 4 but these films don't yet have a confirmed theatrical release date Um, and obviously as well uh, it's likely that these films will take up some of the untitled release dates leaving many untitled film releases open for potential sequels Uh, for Shang-Chi and Eternals, or the possible debut of the X-Men. This is in addition uh, to lots of new Disney Plus series heading to our screens over the next few years, uh, including Hawkeye, Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, Ironheart, Secret Invasion, Armor Wars, Moon Knight, Echo, uh, Loki Season 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, uh, What If Season 2, and Werewolf. By night. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's 12 Marvel TV series that we're going to be expecting over the next few years. That's a lot. That's even more than what we've had uh, this year. We've been spoilt this year. We really have been spoilt this year. Um, anyway, so I thought I'd just bring you up to speed on that. Um, and the final thing. Um, now where is it it was here um so the final thing i wanted to talk about actually was about uh disney plus uh and the and the, and the cinemas actually um here it is here actually uh because disney have now confirmed that a 45 day theatrical exclusive window for its 2021 new film releases so none of these films now for the rest of this year are going to be getting the Disney Plus Premier Access treatment now. That's it. We're we're finished with Premier Access for now. Um, Whether or not it could come back in the future, maybe it could. Uh, We'll wait and see. Um, But after much speculation over what was going to happen uh, to the rest of Disney's planned theatrical releases, such as, Will they be delayed or available day and date on Disney plus Premier Access has finally been answered as Disney has confirmed that all of its 2021 theatrical releases for the rest of this year will be exclusive to cinemas for a limited period. With the exception of Encanto, all of their films will be exclusively available in cinemas for 45 days before they can be released on digital platforms, including Disney Plus. Encanto will only have a 30 day theatrical exclusive window with the film releasing in cinemas on November 24th, with the film heading to Disney Plus on Christmas Eve. Uh, Kareem Daniel, chairman Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution, said in a statement following the tremendous box office success of our summer films, which included five. Of the top 8 domestic releases of the year. We are excited to update our theatrical plans for the remainder of 2021. As confidence in movie going continues to improve. We look forward to entertaining audiences in theatres. While maintaining the flexibility to give our Disney Plus subscribers. The gift of Encanto this holiday season. So this is Disney's 2021 theatrical lineup for the rest of this year. So, we have got The Last Duel that's going to be released on October 15th in cinemas. Ron's Gone Wrong is coming out in cinemas on October 22nd. I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. Eternals is coming out on November 5th. Encanto is coming out on November 24th. Don't forget, though, that's got a 30 day release window and then it'll be on Disney Plus on Christmas Eve. West Side Story is coming out on December 10th. Um, And again, another movie I'm looking forward to seeing. I have seen one trailer of that movie and I'm looking forward uh, to seeing it. And The King's Man is coming out on December 22nd, so just a few days uh, before Christmas. So I am going to be seeing a few of those movies over the next uh, few months. Uh, This means that Eternals could also be arriving on Disney Plus just in time for Christmas as its 45-day exclusive window would take it up to Monday the 20th of December. Unfortunately, the other films being released by Walt Disney Studios are made by 20th Century Studios. So due to an existing deal with HBO, these can't be released on Disney Plus in the United States after 45 days, though they could still be available on digital platforms uh, to purchase or rent. Internationally, things are very different. So these movies could also be heading to Disney Plus after the 45 days. Um, Obviously, we have got uh, this 45-day theatrical window currently in place at the moment for Free Guy and Shang-Chi. So we'll see in October whether... Uh, free guy will be coming to Disney plus um I reckon it will but we'll see we'll see we'll see in the next couple of podcasts whether um, whether it does uh, while some may be disappointed with the lack of a day and date digital release on Disney plus premier access with this confirmation we now have a clearer idea of what Disney's plans are and also it does mean we are getting films on Disney plus much quicker before the pandemic, uh, films could take six to eight months from their theatrical release to arrive on Disney plus, so six weeks is a vast improvement, so there we go um yeah, I mean that's pretty good, and I'm looking forward to uh seeing all these movies hopefully arriving on Disney plus over the next couple of months. Um, especially as we go into early 2022 as well, um, it does make you wonder though. They have forgotten one movie called Antlers. Now I've seen that advertised in cinemas. Uh, it is done by Searchlight Pictures, so I don't know what's going to be happening with Antlers. And also as well, does that mean that we're going to be getting The Night House um, on Disney Plus as well after the 45-day window? So, are they doing that with all the movies, you know, like uh, The Night House and Antlers? Or are they doing something completely different with those movies? Because I have no idea. Um, Anyway, well, I'll have to find out and I may let you guys know, maybe in next week's weekly podcast. Right, I'm going to end the podcast here because I've been talking for two hours, two hours, Two hours of this podcast, wow, if you've actually made it to the very end, I'm very pleased that you've stuck with me and just enjoyed this two hour podcast, because I won't, I mean, this is the longest podcast I've done, um, it is the longest podcast I have done, on honestly, um, But I had a lot to talk about in this week's podcast. I really, really did. Um, So there we go. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Uh, Please don't forget to give me a follow on Instagram. Steve Official is my uh, username on Instagram. Uh, Twitter is at SteveO. Please feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Steve Official. Got a brand new weekly vlog coming out uh, on Monday the 13th of September at midnight UK time is when that's going to be coming out. Um, and I'm looking forward to it because uh, it's going to be a very, very long po- uh, weekly vlog, just like this podcast was this week. Um, anyway, and uh, don't forget to give me a follow on Twitch. Uh, Steve Crosby official is my username on Twitch. And feel free to subscribe to me on Twitch as well. Uh, I'm going to be back playing. Uh, Some Forza Motorsports um, game on Xbox One on Tuesday the 14th of September, live from 11.30am till 2pm UK time, so make sure you do tune in for that if you would like to. Um, And apart from that, uh, that is pretty much it. I will be back with another weekly podcast on Wednesday this week, uh, Wednesday the 15th of September. As I said earlier in the podcast uh, from... Uh, 6pm UK time. You can listen to that on uh, Spotify Music, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Uh, So hopefully you can join me for that where I'll be talking to everything Apple event. Uh, But from me though is goodbye. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in next week's weekly podcast. See you then.